Connor McReynolds and welcome to another episode of The Dinner Party. Each week I speak to a brilliant guest to find out about their dream dinner party, the location, the menu, and most importantly, the five guests that they would invite. We chat about who they are, why they'd be invited, and how they've inspired the dinner party host. This week I'm so excited to be joined by actor and comedian Philippa Carson. Philip is one of the members of the brilliant sketch group Just These Please, You'll have seen any number of their viral videos online, their most famous being the hilarious When You Order a Coffee with an Irish Name. I've seen Philip alive at the Edinburgh Fringe and I've watched so many of the Just These Please videos online, so I'm super excited to chat to her and get to know her a bit better through hearing about the people who have inspired her. So without further ado, this is the dream dinner party of Philippa Carson. <laughs> Philippa Carson, hello. Thank you so much for joining me on the dinner party. Thank you so much for having me on the dinner party, Conor McReynolds. Oh, how are you today? I'm good today. Uh, today, good. yeah, I'm like, I've been buzzing to chat to you. And um, I've been and... very excited about this. Oh, that's nice. Oh. It's, so we're talking at the, the beginning of September. And obviously, usually at this time of year, I'm assuming you're kind of a a shell of a person <laughs> on a train from Scotland right now or in a car just kind of needing yes. hibernation for a little while. But obviously this summer, you've not been at the Edinburgh Fringe. What, what does it feel like to kind of be at the beginning of September? And, and I assume you sort of feel relatively whole and normal. <laughs> yes, I, I do feel whole and normal. I was just literally saying this a minute ago that at the beginning of lockdown, I was doing like... Chloe Ting workouts on YouTube. Have you ever heard of Chloe Ting? I haven't had the pleasure. Well, she's brill and she does she's just like really relaxed but does incredibly difficult like not incredibly difficult what am I talking about incredibly like upbeat <laughs> workouts you know what I mean right. so I was like doing them at the beginning like oh my gosh time inside I'm gonna use my body and then now by the end of it now I'm like I will only do small relaxing yoga where I think of nice thoughts so I think that's that's the that's where I'm at at this early September but yeah I think it feels weird because Edinburgh, I mean, we've only done two Edinburghs. This is going to be our third Edinburgh, but it's already oh. become such a, I suppose the year before that we did a recce. And so we spent that whole year after that planning the next Edinburgh, you know? So yeah. I think it, it does become a sort of, you know, the way you live your life when you go to school, like September to September or September to May, June. Yeah, yeah. And you live in that academic calendar in your head for so long afterwards. It's like I just transitioned from that to college to like Edinburgh. Do you know what I mean? And so then Absolutely, August. Absolutely, yeah. September like is a real restart month. Yeah, for, yeah, exactly. For every kind of creative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's and it's, it's a bit weird because I guess you guys, so uh, to, to clarify for our list, lovely listeners, you are one of the members of the brilliant Just These Please fantastic sketch group. And you oh, guys you. were planning Edinburgh this year and obviously it, it kind of didn't come to pass. Does this mm. mean that you have just a bumper pool of material to work from for next year's Edinburgh? Or are some of the things that you've written kind of post-COVID not as relevant anymore? Or what do you think will kind of happen to what would have been this year's show? Well, I think... I think we have a lot of it, generally speaking, we do apolitical um, 
it, generally speaking, apolitical yeah, stuff. But it does yeah. it does get into the zeitgeisty kind of cultural reference world. Like we had one about Meghan and Kate and hanging out in, you know, the palace when they've, like that was in our very first show and that was mm-hmm. just about all the mm-hmm. Meghan hype. So that was about as like culturally... Um, well, no, it's always, it's it's relatively up to date, but we can, we like to use the word evergreen sometimes about some of the sketches. So some yeah, of them are yeah. evergreen guys that we can use again. And some of them, yeah, are, are lost to that time. Yeah, but, it's so yeah. interesting. And I guess that I'm really interested in that apolitical thing because it's sort of, manifesto is a strong word and I probably shouldn't use it, but you know, it's it's kind of your like, statement on your website that our sketches are generally apolitical often musical and always hilarious and i'd absolutely yeah. agree with that oh, Was thank that you. a political thing th- that seems like a very conscious decision is that because as kind of four individuals you're not particularly political or was it just thinking from a sort of audience perspective we don't want anything too divisive and we want it to be escapism I- i'm really I interested think... in that I think it's definitely escapism that we're going for. Really silly, fun escapism because we, I mean, myself and Will have both been in News Review a number of times and he's directed News Review. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he writes for News Dump and um, News Jack. And so we're definitely into um, comedy about, sat- you know, we're definitely into political satire yeah. and especially musical satire. I mean, I'm, I'm there for it, but I, <laughs> I like, I absolutely loved doing news review. Um, but I just think, yeah, for our shows and so online sketches, we might go into more political commentary, but no, I, no, scratch that. I, I just think we're open <laughs> to being like in after, you know, in this post lockdown world, we're definitely like, we're just not saying no to things. That's why I said that. But yes, yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. we go with apolitical for the silly escapist um, yeah. fun. You know, I think that's when we were when we were flyering, say, last year, especially so many shows were had Trump on on the flyer. Oh, no, I should say for 2018, because I was in News Review in Edinburgh in 2018 and we just had Trump on the flyer. So that's a yeah. divisive flyer. When you hand it out, some people are like, I can't look at that fella. For another <laughs> second. Is this a show about him? And I'd be like, no, you know, it's like 30 se- sketches in an hour. Like he, he'll be in yeah, a couple. Though. Yeah. Um, but so our one was really like escape completely from the absolute turmoil that we live in and just laugh um just laugh yeah and it it's so great I, I i saw you guys in 2018 which now looking back i just can't believe it was your first edinburgh oh um, thanks actually I, so thanks. yeah i saw you guys at the guild of because i as as with so much it seems uh will seabag montefiore your your castmate and and I believe housemate, yeah. uh, Will is kind of the glue that seems to bring all the members of Just These Please together. And then also he's what brought me in because I'd met Will uh, on a stag do with the, the yeah. lovely Sean Jones, Sean Matthews, who uh, co-hosts Will's brilliant uh, The Last 10 Minutes podcast. Listeners of this podcast, do check out The Last 10 Minutes. It is so fantastic. It's um, very fun. But I knew Will. I came to see you guys and it was so, such a great show. Thanks. Um, Tell me about the the kind of beginnings of Just These, please, and what led you to to your first Edinburgh, Um, because it was an unbelievably polished show for what I'm assuming was quite a new group. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, Well, we 
polished is a lovely word that we definitely like to make it very polished and really I think that was a decision we'd made after our very first kind of trial show that we did in April and so that was where we did a similar thing to News Review where the you know the blackout happens the music brings you through the transition where you absolutely leg it off stage and you get your change of clothes and you come back on (laughs) and that's part of that real fun energy for for News Review but um I think we, after that first show, we'd filmed our very first like trial show and then we watched it back and we were like, yeah, I think we want to do the transitions really being part of the show so that it's this fun thing that we're all in it together. And so our transitions being super neat and like, mm-hmm. and we're going to place the chairs there at the same time and then we're going to nod. And that it's like this super slick kind of, it's because it's 25 sketches in 55 minutes, it's like nice to have these like, cool calm transitions where it's like slick we got this don't worry you know like I I think that was I think that's kind of the um the the style but um so thanks that's very nice that it that it it reads that way um but yeah Will is the glue all right he he and Tom were at uni together and um they were in you know doing plays and things together because Tom our fourth member is a Full-time maritime lawyer. Which is, it's mad. I mean, you're you're one of these people as well, to be honest, like infuriatingly multi-talented because Tom <laughs> is this exceptionally intelligent, full-time maritime lawyer. Yeah. And he's such a brilliant comic actor. He's such a great part of the group. His facial yeah. expressions are off the scale funny. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but you as well. I mean, you you have all these talents. You, I mean, you devise, you, you're an actor, a video editor, an improviser, you're a singer. I mean, a radio you know presenter. Connor. All of these things. Connor, I need to talk to you. I mean, I think we need to schedule in like a couple times a week. I'll talk to you, get my brain puffed up real good. And then I can carry on. You're very kind to me. Oh, Lordy. But my uh, goodness, so many of these different skills that you bring together and, and seemingly they all kind of complement the work you do with Just These Please because you guys, you perform live, these brilliant live shows, but also so much of what you do, particularly at the moment, I guess, uh, is your kind of online content, which you edit and mm-hmm. you write and, and kind of help to direct and you perform in. Uh, I mean, how has, I guess... Your your online stuff was always a part of what you guys did. Your your ordering a coffee with an Irish name was such a huge, huge, huge hit. Uh, was that kind of the beginning of things ramping up for the group in, in terms of kind of being noticed and getting acclaim? Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. I think that was, we filmed that and released it during our first Edinburgh in 2018. And it's so funny when you said about, you know, this time of usually this time of year, I'd be like on a train coming back, absolutely shallow myself. That 2018, I was doing news review and uh, just these please every day. So it was so intense. And I literally on the train on the way back because we'd released that video and it had gone completely viral in you know, a couple of days. It was just so fun and fantastic. It was such <laughs> lovely timing because we got to be like, oh, it was just really nice. It was such a great time. And uh, and um, 
we had, because it had gone viral, we were getting messages in and we'd gotten on the, on the, on the train and I was just so like, I can't wait to do absolutely nothing. Oh my God. I'm just going to switch off my brain. <laughs> and we got this email in like, Hey, just saw your video. We'd like you to make ads for us or whatever. And I, I was so infuriated because I was, that's exactly, of course, we'd love to do that, of course. But I was just like, no, please, they don't understand. They need to leave us alone. We're so tired. But it was fantastic. But it was just, you know, um, uh, awful timing. But um, yeah, so yes, it was a real, you know, it's gotten, uh, I think, about 23 million views now. And that is mad. It's yeah, it's big. So it's been really nice way of of helping everything else along because people might know that video if you say if we say if we're if we're trying to explain what we do and then we can say yeah do you know that video then they can say uh, ordering coffee with an Irish name I think I remember that because my <laughs> name is Chavon or Aoife or you know so, <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> It was, I mean, it was such a huge success for you guys. And I get, did that early success kind of influence the types of topics you guys chose? Or did it kind of free you up to try different things and experiment a bit more with the sort of safety net of people like us, people know us from this? So we, but did it kind of encourage you to try more things? Or did you think we've got to sort of stick to what people know and like? Hmm, that's a good question. I I don't know. I don't. I I think we've. Um, I think we. Ha what was our next video after that? I'm like, uh, I think it was the Christmas <laughs> video was the next one after that, which we'd been writing anyway. I think we just have because we do 25 sketches generally in an hour, and they're so different. I think that we already had a plan to film some of those sketches that were in the show or film ones yeah, that make it yeah. into the show that are just more suited to camera. So I think we've always had this like, do it about, do a sketch about anything and everything. And that maybe actually, if we had been like, Irish names are a thing. Okay. <laughs> Our sketches are completely about Irish names now from now on. Then maybe that would have been way better to catch in. But um, <laughs> we unfortunately, I just was not honest. Uh, I'm like glad that. you didn't, you know, because we also <laughs> happened to Lou Baker after Mambo number five. Oh. He tried to stay in that same area. Did he? I don't oh, know. I, I only so. know Mambo number five. Isn't that funny? Exactly. Oh, there you and go. And I think if Lou Baker is now a cautionary tale to all creatives to <laughs> spread your wings and fly a little bit. Oh, Lou, if you're listening to this, oh, I'm so dude. sorry. Uh, and I really hope you're well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I'm going to put it out there. I don't think Lou Baker listens to the dinner party. Do you not more fool him. <laughs> yeah, what? Lou, why aren't you listening? Guys, if you know Lou, will you send it over to him and be like, <laughs> so, but I've, I've talked a little bit about your kind of myriad of, of, of skills and Again, kind of creative interests. <laughs> yes. Is there one particular one that you're you're kind of wedded to? Do you think of yourself primarily as an actor or a comedian or a video editor or an improviser? Uh, I think, I think that, you know, I, I actually always struggled to say what I am when people yeah. like my, my worst nightmare is the front row of a stand up show because they go, and, and, and what do you do? Cause I mean, first of all, if you say I'm in comedy, they're like, 
oh yeah or I don't know what it's going to start if you say you're a comedy but but I I just have never actually known how to say I'm a this and because because everything that I do helps each other it's all um symbiotic is that oh is that the word oh yeah I like that symbiosis so (laughs) I did a musical theater workshop um last year um for a it's like a film that they're turning into a musical and it was so fun I love musical theater as well and I was doing this workshop we were in like six days a week you know singing all day long and dancing and that's where I'm also just like god I'm so happy and and I can't remember I was telling the director some story or other and I was being like and then it's like this or I don't know what kind of way I was telling the story but he just stopped me and was like you know what you are you're a vaudevillian and then the the choreographer was walking by and was just like she she is you are a vaudevillian and I was suddenly like I have no idea what that is I feel like it's I just have never I heard that word I think I don't know but I was like thank you kind sir <laughs> and then I went to the bathroom and I googled a vaudevillian and I had this like happy wave of like oh my god I'm a vaudevillian and that's a nice thing well, tell us what it is for those like me who maybe aren't overly familiar with okay, what a well, vaudevillian is. Now, Connor, I've I hope I'm going to remember and that I have <laughs> seen the definition and then and then mutated it to be like work for me in my head. But I think a, a vaudevillian was like a traveling entertainer in say the 19th century um, uh-huh. or the 20th or an earlier 20th century, and they. Um, they are a traveling entertainer, so they sing, dance, they do accents, they do comedy, they do um, acting, and and they just like pop up shop. So it wouldn't be a super massive compliment, I guess, because I was telling one of my friends this. I was like, <laughs> the director told me I was a vaudevillian, and she was like, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh really? Are you okay? And I was sort of like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I get it, because it's very much like you are jack of all trades and a master of none, perhaps, you know. <laughs> But I'm like, okay, but it's nice, actually. Maybe that's what's up. That's what it is. Because, you know, I, I came over here and I was like, accents are my thing. Accents and singing and doing comedy things. And then yeah. it was like, the world was like, no, but you actually need a casting. And when are your accents? If I need an American, I'll get an American for that job. And then I was suddenly like, oh, God, <laughs> what? The world doesn't want to receive me in all my glory. And it's uh, uh, of all those things that and kind of the the skill set that's needed to be a vaudevillian a successful one because there are all these different things that you do which of all the skills that you need for all the different work that you do is the one that you kind of find you have to work hardest at like hmm. is there is there a kind of skill that's needed for the work that you do with like just these please for example that yeah maybe you hadn't had a lot of experience of and it's something you've kind of really had to sharpen up on because i'm sure there are some things that are just second nature and some Mm. things that are like oh god okay i'll try yeah maybe not maybe you're just (laughs) duck to water with all these things well i think that i you know i i went to film school originally and and i think i'd done that because i wanted to go to drama school but i didn't know in ireland how i could be can you just get a degree and then be an actor I didn't really think that that was Mm -hmm. a thing so I kind of went to film school but really in film school I was like can I be on the other side there you need me to be on the other side so I think on uh, that I I do write and I love to write and and that thankfully having gone and done that training 
it, it's it forced me to write when I absolutely wouldn't have naturally. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm now I'm more I'm kind of just used to to writing as maybe a means to an end. Um, and I really thought, oh, I'm not. That's not my my strong suit. But I think I really am an editor in 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 both senses like video and script and just yeah. I think that's my strength so I think the writing sitting down having that discipline to write like Tom and Will and Georgie can just write stuff and I mean Tom Tom's notes section on his iPhone I'm like please don't let him lose his iPhone ever because <laughs> it, it goes on his thumb just scrolls and scrolls because he just has these great little ideas and he writes them down and it really flows out of him very naturally and for me I think it's more of a means to an end like I gotta write something this is the idea you know yeah, that's where yeah. the practice helps but it doesn't come to me naturally I would say yeah well I mean it sounds like the the skill set that all four of you bring to the group I mean clearly the the evidence is there and you're right but I mean it, it, it all works so <laughs> well together I'm really so <laughs> I'm really interested in uh you talk about how kind of the writing is something that maybe you have to uh force yourself to do a little bit more and recently you've started doing something that is uh, the exact opposite of pre-prepared writing, planning, oh, yeah. thinking about it. Uh, you joined the cast of Bumper Blighton, the improv uh, yes. show based on Enid Blighton books. Mm -hmm. uh, did you manage to perform with them before lockdown or was this something like, join our cast, we're not doing any more shows? Was it kind of that sudden? Well, it was... Um... I, I got to do a show with them in Hoopla. Um, so that was brilliant. They have a residency uh, in Hoopla once a month. They do a show. So I got to do one of them and that was so fun. Oh, <laughs> it was so fun. And they're really just, you know, oh, they're such pros and they've been going for years. And yeah. like Jonah, Jonah um, Fazell, who runs that company, he, well, with um, with Amy um, Cook-Hogson, who is incredible also uh, they're yeah, just yeah. they're just such professional improvisers they've so much years of experience and um so it was really great so I got to do loads of rehearsals with them which has been I, I learned I learned loads in them and that was just so great because I've done improv a lot in Ireland and I did I, I did some over here with my pals and that's how I met Will Oh, okay. Yeah. I yes. see. So, oh, so improv isn't a new thing to you. I didn't know if this was like your first foray into improv or you're a, a seasoned hand at it. Oh, seasoned hand is a, is a <laughs> generous, generous. I definitely dip in and out of, of, of improv and I absolutely love it. But um, I, in, in terms of what's new to me with Bumper Blighton is that their whole show, I was like, so what are the scene structures? And I think both in improv companies that I've been with before, we have structures and like the full length shows, they're divided into sort of scenes and in themselves, they those scenes might be games or in the scene, you know, let's establish a lead, let's establish a sidekick or mm -hmm. this one needs a villain and maybe two henchmen. So, you know, like, in this scene sort of this should happen and so with bump, the bumper lads I was like so guys like you know what's the structure and how do you and they're just like you know it just you go with it and, and that that's they're just such good improvisers that they don't even have a structure net they know the Enid Blyton books very well and yeah. uh, and so it's always it's it's a different type of Enid Blyton story so that's where you know like okay if it's in a school then it's going to be 
set in a school. If, if it's a, an adventure that sounds a bit schooly, you know, there's different types of, because Ina Blyton wrote so many books. <laughs> I did not realize this. Also, speaking of editing, it's very hilarious. She didn't have an editor and was very much like, oh, I don't need an editor. And you can tell because her books are like, <laughs> and then Georgina sat down and made herself a cucumber sandwich. And then she put the slice of bread down and then she put the cucumber <laughs> down and then she chopped little slices of the cucumber and placed them on the bread. And then she put, and you're like, oh my, oh my God, three pages later, she's finished eating the cucumber sandwich. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Anyway, overall, she writes fantastic, obviously, stuff. So there's different types um, th- that the show could go in that direction or that direction. But it's it's their loose, like, yeah, they just go with it. And that that I think, wow, I'm I'm sad that we are. I, I'm not sure now what's happening. They had a, lo- a massive tour booked in. And yeah. uh, some of those shows might still be on Hooray. Um, and so I'm not that sure. Would I, 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 need, I need to call Jonah, tell him to listen to this. And then, <laughs> and then let me know. Hear you just gushing about how much you love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jonah, He's... if you're listening, Philip, it is available this autumn. I'm very keen to perform. <laughs> yeah. Are there any things, this is something I like to ask uh, a lot of creative people. Um, I think it's because it's something that I think about loads and I've kind of reached an age where I'm like, oh God, I hope it's not too late for me to decide that I want to try something new. Mm. But you you've done so many wonderful things. Is there anything kind of left on your sort of creative wish list, like a discipline that you would like to dip your toe into and see if you enjoy? It? I mean, I think all of your skills as this kind of sort of a stand up comedian myself, all of your skill set is tailor made to be a stand up. Is that something you would like to try at any point or have you tried it? Stand up, I I would really, my cousins were doing stand up for a while there and like, I mean, a, a good number of years ago and they'd kind of said like, come on, like, you know, do it. And they'd run this night in Dublin. Um, this is my very hilarious, wonderful cousin, Hugh O'Connor. And mm-hmm. um, he's cousins with the very lovely Jarlath Regan. Um, on the other oh, side. yeah, Jarlath's great. Oh, Jarlath is just class and he's, he's so kind and really you know actually gave us loads of guidance in the beginning and um, with just these because I rang him up oh, like can brilliant. you help us like what do I do um he's such a lovely man but so um Hugh had set up this this night called the quiet pint in Dublin and they were doing it once a month and a bunch of them were doing stand-up and it was kind of like an opportunity where he was like I they they hadn't said like you should do it too at all sorry like but it was something that where if I could have gone away and worked away and they'd been like hey guys maybe um it was just inspiration of stand up around me let's just let's yeah, just yeah 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 and i i don't know i think it's that a lot of the, uh, again with the writing that's where i think it gets me is that i i think of writing the show and it's so intimidating and there's something about this I, I felt like I was talking with my buddy Aaron about this, where he was saying, I think your stand-up show could, should be called Sit Down. Like, I think it should be like, <laughs> sit down with a hot chocolate with some whiskey in it. And that's my kind of style, you know, where I will just talk away at you. I think that would be more like, you know, because yeah. I, I don't, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It is something that I'll do eventually. But it, I'd I love to see it. I'd really oh, love to see it. I think I think that's a really interesting idea because there are so many different kinds of of stand up. You know, there like Jarlath's energy, for example, is so relaxed and conversational. You yes. know, and 
It's it's like having a kind of warm but very funny blanket wrapped around you. Like it's just lovely. That's but then so there funny. are some stand-ups where you're in a room with them and even in a 10-minute set, you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, the speed they <laughs> went at. I've got fucking whiplash from yes. having watched them for 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and that's very much not my energy. Then my lovely friend Chelsea Berkeley, who's a brilliant stand-up, she said that she had an idea if I ever did a stand-up, like if I ever filmed any kind of stand-up thing, that she would want me to film it in two ways. She would want me to film it like, you know, a normal show on stage in front of an audience, but then also just in a pub, like sat over a pint with eight audience members sat around a table because it's, you know, just sharing stories and having a chat and that kind of thing. And then just like edit it together. So, you know, part of the stories in the pub, you pick it up then on stage or whatever. And yeah, I think that sounds like the kind idea. of energy that you want to bring. I know. I That's know. a very Netflix special idea. Hey, if anybody I... listens to this and steals that idea, I will send Chelsea <laughs> Berkeley after you with a sharp object. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> but yeah, it sounds like that's very much the, the kind of vibe that you would like to do. Just like mm. sit people down, have a chat with them. I, I would love yeah. to see this. And you've got that writing experience as well. So maybe well, I'll just keep like sending you occasional messages and bullying you and saying... <laughs> Have you got that 10 minutes yet? Come to Jericho yeah. Comedy. Oh, well, thank you. I would, I would, I'll definitely need that kick up the bum, I think. Yeah, and it would either go, I think, because now I'm thinking, I'm like, actually, an easier way to do it would be to make it a musical comedy type of thing as well. Because then, then you have, I oh, think yeah. there's something lovely about gigging. We just did our first gig, or just these, please, did, just did our first gig last week, um, which was just in a oh, garden. Brilliant. A garden albeit and uh, yeah it was great it was for charity and um our our pal hannah johnson who's a producer um organized it and it was just a bunch of us um doing 10 to 15 minutes each and it was it was so mad to be like uh, like rusty is not even it doesn't come <laughs> covers, i don't know it was dusting off the cobwebs but um i think doing musical numbers at a gig is a really fun way to like sort of get people involved or get people on side like they understand and they can relax because I think a newbie sometimes doing stand-up that would make me feel nervous being a newbie I don't know if I was a newbie (laughs) and maybe my song should be like hey I'm a newbie and you're all nervous but just relax and it'll be great whoa that was good (laughs) oh my god hang on sorry I need to write that down because that was oh holy crap you've written your your opening number for your first stand-up set. It's begun! (laughs) Well, Philippa, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but I always get uh, too caught up in just being interested in in you at the beginning (laughs) or interested in my guest at the beginning of an episode that I sort of forget why we're here, which is, of course, to talk about your dream dinner party. Yes. Uh, So before we talk about your brilliant guests, and it really is such a brilliant group of guests. I'm so excited to talk to you about these people. But before that, uh, as as a dinner party host, Mm. what's the vibe? Like, if you're going to a dinner party at Philippa Carson's, what do you expect? I'm I'm so... Uh, I'm like not a grown up yet that I'm like, how many dinner parties have I actually hosted? I don't, I don't know. I feel like such a non grown up person. I'm like, dinner parties, mm, uh, what can you expect? I think, I think my 
childhood like dinner parties always always have a sing song so like every oh, single brilliant. one of my things yeah like where my dad would be like get up there and do your Irish dancing and I'm like oh, I, can't, I can't I there there needs to be a bunch of people with me and they're like get up there pay for your lessons get up and then and then I'll be like there's no music and everyone will go da 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 so there's always been a sing song at our uh, in throughout my childhood and, like you know fantastic uncles who played the guitar and they're just piano and lovely so I would say there has to be a sing song but it has to happen like organically um I had a party recently where one of my beloved friends took out a guitar and it was like I'm sorry there's music playing and you're playing no this cannot happen at the same time. This is only you trying to pull that girl. <laughs> you guys can go into the room there. No, it was like, uh, you know, I think it just has to be like, somebody has to be like, is this a new piano? Bing, bing. And then everybody just slowly gathers over and then you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, holy shit. No worries. We're singing in harmony. It's all chill. <laughs> that would be, so yeah, I would say V relaxed with lots of drink on board so that the V relaxed organic uh, sing song just, oh, it just oh, I didn't even notice we're singing. Nuts. <laughs> Are we? Is that three part harmony? Why? Oh, don't worry about it. That's oh, what that sounds about. gorgeous. That sounds absolutely <laughs> lovely. Well, where would this be happening? If you could host your dinner party anywhere on planet Earth, mm. where would you want to host it? I think. I don't know. I'm torn here between like t-shirt at night weather, some Caribbean beach. Oh, you know, yeah. I just love t-shirt at night. Like, yeah, but it's like some sort of Caribbean-y beach deck where there's the piano just oh, it's chilling there on the side. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you know, it'll get involved later. <laughs> oh, maybe. I don't know. No, don't feel any pressure. It's part of the furniture. Um, and uh yeah, like I kind of feel like t-shirt at night or beautiful Kerry, like wild weather. And we're all stuck inside together. Uh, so I'm torn. So oh. if, I, if we flip a coin there. Uh, um, You're singing my song with. Am I singing it, your song? It's, it's interesting. Like, we're Irish. Yeah. And I'm sat here chatting to you now, looking out my window as it is absolutely pissing it down. Of course it is. And I fucking love it. <laughs> Do you get that as well? Like growing up in Ireland, we have no choice but to love yes. the bad weather. So when it arrives, I'm like, ah, this is it. This is living. Well, I think, I think I, I can, I can do that definitely in a way where like, if it's raining, hail, rain, or or whatever the weather, I'm going for a swim in the sea. Like I, yes. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever. I honestly, um, so I definitely have that. But I also love. I live in London now. And I love the way, like everyone's like, oh my God, I'm being absolutely cooked alive in my house. Like, what the hell? And I'm I'm in the corner, like delighted with my life. I think I'm like, oh, my cold Irish wet, damp bones are like drying up and soaking in the morning. And they're like, oh my God, I need air con. I need a fan. I'm like, nope, I threw them in the bin. <laughs> I'll be over here in the fireplace. <laughs> So, so I'm, yeah, that's. You're very lucky that you can adjust to both. I think I'm, I'm that kind of uncomfortable Irish where if it goes above twenty degrees and I go outdoors, I just turn the color of cooked ham, and then I go back to sort of three days later after hiding in the shade, and oh, he's the color of butter again. That's good. 
my god one or the you other know, is oh, i remember being in home ec and they were explaining um how melanin works and they were picking examples of people in the class and saying like see so philippa there she'd have no melanin right so that's why, <laughs> that's why she's that gray awful color god love her like, oh, here. <laughs> pardon i'd be like yeah that's because you've no stuff called melanin which is this um stuff that is lovely protects your skin and you have none of it god love you and so um, <laughs> sad it was not a nice day for me philippa anyway. what i'm going to do is by the end of this episode i'm going to have a set list for your first stand-up set or set <laughs> And your melanin story is going to be in that set. That is brilliant. Oh, dear. <laughs> right. We're either, obviously, we're either in Wild Kerry yes. or a Caribbean beach. They're so yes. interchangeable. Mm-hmm. And we're getting ready for our sing song. And we've got to invite your first guest. Yes. He's a national treasure. Obviously one that the Brits will try to steal from us, but he's our <laughs> national treasure. Ours. You're inviting the absolutely fantastic Graham Norton to your dinner party. Yeah, I am, yeah. Graham Norton is a legend. I first remember seeing him as Father Noel Furlong and Father Ted. What's mm-hmm. your first memory of becoming a Graham Norton fan? Similar. That's the same. That's the first thing I thought of when I was trying yeah. to people I love. It, it was when he's like, oh, Ted. Oh, God. And when he's like, I'm writing you down in my little list. Like it. Just kidding. I wrote that I really love Tony. Like, he's just, oh, he's incredible. He's so, so, so funny. And he said such a kind of, he's a gay, he's, he's like you and Tom and Will and Georgie. Like, he's so multi-talented. Kind of, he's an infuriatingly natural interviewer and radio host brilliant stand-up comedian, successful novelist, he even has his own line of wines. Does he? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can get Graham Norton wine. I have no idea if it's any good, but oh, I bet it would be fun to drink. It would be. But what yeah. do you think, as, as a kind of fellow multidiscipline creative, do you think you'd enjoy talking about all your different kind of crafts with him? Or what do you think you would want to chat to him about? Well, I think as a dinner party guest generally he would just have such good stories and like I'd mm-hmm. love to just ask him about various guests and and that he's had on and and what that's like and yeah I guess I'm really interested in in I mean he trained as an actor in Central same as me and yeah, uh, yeah. I'm so I'm like you know so was he doing serious acting and then did he go into the comedy I'd love to ask him about that that'd be cool but mm. um I'm mostly I mostly think that he's just he's such a pro. My my buddy Aoife works uh, works for him uh, at the show and oh, wow. she just said he's an incredibly uh, lovely dude and then she got us some tickets to go and see it uh, live. Uh, sure you know you can go and sit in the audience. Yeah. And it was he was such a pro. I mean Honestly, you know, he gets 10 seconds and he turns to the camera here and he does the bit where he put pops the CD on his lap or the record or whatever it is that he's talking about mm-hmm. for the guest. And he was just like, and what am I saying? I'm saying that? Okay, no problem. He's like, and don't forget that you can get this, this, and this, and this. And whatever way he said it, he added in a little joke and he did thing, thing, thing. And and then they said, oh, can you do it again? But like this, no problem. Bing, bing, bing. And this is all in front of the live audience and it the pressure is, and he just does everything smooth and perfectly. And he, he, I was bowled over by what a pro he was. Because I think, you know, when I was going to see this 
you know, live TV recording. I expected it to be like what I've heard that say X Factors, like you sit there for ages while they touch up the makeup and, you know, it's long. But it wasn't mm-hmm. at all. It was really, he just does it all live. He's just a, a real pro. So I guess I I would gush over him and, and tell him that he's great and then ask him to tell us loads of stories. <laughs> that sounds pretty ideal. And it, I'm so glad to hear that he's nice because it would just be soul yeah. destroying if your friend Aoife was like, oh, and he's a real shit to work with. Like, I know. Oh, why are you doing yeah. this? I hate when you find out someone great, like Graham Linehan now going off on one on Twitter. I'm oh, like, will you Jesus. stop? You're it's awful so now. Yeah. He's awful. It's such a shame. It's a crying shame. It's again, yeah. it's another, there's a brilliant episode of Jarlath Regan's podcast, Irishman Abroad, where mm. he kind of challenges Graham Linehan on some of those really? things. I don't know if you've heard it. Um, no, he does I... it in a very nice way but mm. yeah like he doesn't kind of pull his punches he sort of says like why are you saying these things and yeah it's really excellent again if people are looking for things to listen to last 10 minutes brilliant podcast <laughs> and Jarlath Regan's Irishman Abroad absolutely terrific but anyway yeah, back to great. Graham Norton I got sidetracked mm-hmm. talking about Jarlath uh would you be kind of do you think it would be a difficult transition for Graham to suddenly be a guest rather than facilitating the conversation with your guests because you're the host do you think oh. he would have a tough time kind of, or, or would you want him to be the person who sort of takes control of the conversation or brings people in? And Oh, interesting. Um, I mean, uh, I, it's funny because I saw him being interviewed and promoting his book and he kept saying mm-hmm. things like, this is so ick, me being on this side, I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, maybe, but I guess I didn't really think about the dinner party in terms of having a host, but it is me, I guess. Oh so, yeah, yeah. He'd have to be he'd have to be a guest because I'm like, hey, and now we're directing the convo towards you. So, <laughs> you know, or no, I don't know, I don't know. Oh, it I would guess. all. I'm sure it would be very organic. I'm sure people would yeah. shut up when they need to shut up and contribute yeah. when they've got something good to say. Yeah, because I think I would feel a weird pressure. But it's f- so funny because I am. Uh, you know, my my auntie's friend, my aunt Elizabeth, who's just this incredibly kind, wonderful, like she was there texting me like, you've this many views and I, oh, somebody else ripped it. And I've been looking at their views as well. So you've that many on that, you know, she's just so thoughtful. And, and every single friend that I meet of hers is like, oh, are you Philippa? And um, how's just these please? And how's your most recent anything? You know, she's so um, brilliant. But anyway, I met one of her friends recently who said to me, have you always been like this? And I was like, what kind of a question is that? like an attention seeker is that is that because the answer is yes darling um no I was I just laughed I was so so funny but yeah I was saying um absolutely yes but so I really you know I love performing I absolutely love it but there's something about actually being the center of attention in another way where say if I ever get married I wouldn't like it to be a big wedding I wouldn't like to be the center of attention for the day in real life or something oh wow like like I had a big 21st a massive 21st I thought it would be really brilliant idea like let's invite feckin' everyone I know yeah. and then and then I was mortified at the top everyone singing me happy birthday and I was like oof it was really surprising to me because I was like but I love the attention surely but so I don't think I would actually like to have that hosty chair so maybe he can chair the dinner but as you said it will be an organic chat yes well uh, as his kind of chat show always is he is kind of three or four huge personalities sat on the sofa and he's 
boss. Not a small personality either. Yes. And it always just looks effortless. He's such a great guest. To, he to totally, have. totally mellow out the everybody. Yes. Yeah. It, it's it's a perfect, uh, such a perfect first guest as well. Because oh. it really goes a long way to kind of establishing mm-hmm. the sort of the mood and the vibe that you've described. I think it's a perfect fit so far. Good. Oh, good. I mean, this is a good. <laughs> I've never graded guests before on the podcast. Here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm giving Graham a solid A plus and you a solid A plus for choosing him. Your oh. next guest is a true trailblazer for, I mean, not just every creative in general, but specifically for women in comedy and TV. Mm-hmm. You're inviting the amazing Lucille Ball. Yeah. So tell it's... us, for those who may not know who Lucille Ball is, tell us about Lucille. Lucille Ball is the producer and the actor of a show called I Love Lucy, which she did in the late 40s um, through to maybe the 60s. Oh, I actually mm-hmm. don't have my dates 100% um, for this, but she did this amazing show called I Love Lucy. And by the time that she was in her 40s, she was the most viewed face on television uh, in the history of television. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was... I mean, she did I Love Lucy. Before that, she had been um, basically like the star of the B picture, if you like. There was A pictures and there was B movies. And Mm -hmm. so she was, she just didn't quite make it against like Maureen O'Hara and all these really big stars as the absolute Hollywood, like top, you know. She'd been a model, she was auditioning for those parts, she didn't get them. And then she would always get these lead roles in these B movies. And then she married um, this wonderful Cuban band leader whose name is Ricky Ricardo. And, oh, hang on. His name is Ricky Arnaz. His character name is Ricky Ricardo. (laughs) And and, uh, Ricky Arnaz, he is amazing. Hang on. Is his name Desi Arnaz? Yes, it is. Let me me Google this. Desi Arnaz is, is their kid's name. No, and it's his name. So Ricky, again, Ricky Arnaz was his, Ricky, Ricardo is his character name. Good Lord in heaven. The point is, (laughs) the point is, TV approached Lucy at a time when it was not very glamorous to be in TV. And CBS said, look, Lucy, do you want to be in this show? Um, Because she had done a radio play with this this guy and it was going really, really well. Mm -hmm. This radio show is super popular. So they said, CBS want to make that radio show into a TV show. And at the time, TV, you know, it wasn't like what it is now, which is just massive, obviously. And um, so she she said, yes, she's going to do it, but she doesn't want the lead character in the radio show to be her husband. She wants Ricky, her real life husband, to play her husband in it. And, you know, they they were kind of didn't want that they were like oh no we don't want this cuban guy to be in this um american you know 1940s tv show mm-hmm. like quintessential family show and she's like nope it's happening and she's just so cool she's such a badass there's been so many points through that show it was like friends in terms of like how long it went on and yeah, how long yeah. everyone was in this i love lucy and um she is the, one of the first women who she was the first woman who ever had pregnancy as part of a storyline 
on TV. This was something I read and I, I could not believe that. I mean, to talk about her uh, creative achievements, she'd be an extraordinary person now. Mm. But when you put her in the 1950s, yeah. you know, where it was such a male dominated space and mm -hmm. all the executives were men and all, you know, all the influential people were men. And she came in just like a, a steamroller and was just like, fuck that. I'm yeah. Brilliant. And I'm going to do it. So, like, yeah, this story about the CBS insisting that not only they didn't want pregnant women shown on television, but they didn't even want the word pregnant to be spoken yes. on air. Oh, my God. That what is mental. How do they think that they were born? I just I know. Yeah. <laughs> You're alive, it's, it's no? I mean, how? Absolutely what? insane. But she she just went ahead and did what she wanted to do and made it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she is a total badass. And yeah. she's great. And I mean, first of all, I, I, I just love the show. I sound like I, I know loads and loads about her, but I actually watched very recently um, a documentary about her life, which, which is how comes I'm so like obsessed with that. Wow. All the stuff that she did. And, and, yeah, and yeah. but um, I mean, I've before having watched that, I was a massive fan because of, I love Lucy. And when we were kids, that was what we watched. Like my family would just watch this, these old black and white VHS oh, tapes. Lovely. Like, yeah, we kept this VHS machine for years after it would have been thrown out so we could watch all these I Love Lucy shows. And it was just a real like thing that kept us all together. Um, kept us oh, all together. Oh, that's so lovely. Enjoy. Yeah. So great. if she so was at your dinner party, I'm sure she would absolutely love hearing that as well. Yeah. And also she's great crack and, and a great singer and... Oh, she's it. Have you ever seen Mame? No, I haven't. Mame is a movie that I haven't seen, but I saw the musical um, that was up recently on in Manchester. And I okay. did this musical theater um, workshop that I was talking about, the one where Lonnie Price, the director, was like, You're a vaudevillian. <laughs> so, in that, I was in it with this amazing actress called Harriet Thorpe, who is from Absolutely Fabulous. And she is just. Okay. Uh, hilarious wonderful wonderful woman and she was in Mame so we went up to go and see her in Manchester and that was a film that Lucy was in and it, again it's just about this badass woman who's just like nope you, no one's gonna stop me and it's from you know the 70s and that was Lucy's Lucy's film that I, I'm so it, I'm just oh, I could go on and on and be like just she's just so like, cool and yeah. all of her kind of um, on-screen talent and her kind of writing talent and all of that stuff is one thing. And again, I mean, the the misogyny and the bullshit that she had to operate in and still be so successful. It's one thing to kind of be an on-screen star. It's sort of another thing entirely to become the first woman to run a major TV studio. Yeah. And it wasn't like she was running like the shopping channel or something. <laughs> the TV station that she became the head of produced like Mission Impossible and Star Trek, like these huge hits, a totally different skill. But yeah. she was the woman that paved the way for for women in that industry and, and kind of the first woman ever to, to do something like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. I didn't think of it that way at all. And you're absolutely right. She mu She must have absolutely paved the way for all these men to be used to a woman in power at the time yeah, you know yeah i mean representation 
is still a huge problem, still a huge issue in so many creative industries. Uh, but yeah, I just, when I didn't know a lot about Lucille Ball, I hadn't really watched I Love Lucy. My wife loved it, um, ah. but it wasn't something that I really knew very well. I was kind of aware of it, obviously. But just reading about her ahead of this, I was just bowled over by her. She's just this phenomenal person. How do you think someone like Lucille Ball would operate in today's entertainment landscape where there are so many fewer barriers? I mean, still too many barriers for women, but fewer. How do you think she would kind of hold her own these days? I I don't know if you can beat what she what she did. I think she would just be doing doing it in in the same sort of. I mean, wow, I'd say she'd have feckin' taken over, bought Netflix at this stage or something. <laughs> it's just like even when you see her like being interviewed uh, after, there's something very relaxed about her, you know, even though she works at a high level. Like I watched a couple of interviews with her where she's just so like, oh, stop. You know, like she'll just like, you know, give the yeah. interviewer like, on the wrist and not even answer what he's saying (laughs) just disinterested so I feel like a lot of those like crappy sexist questions that would get thrown her way like who are you wearing Lucy she'd just be like why would that be relevant I feel like she'd she'd, I feel like there'd be loads of memes of stuff that she would say if she was around now (laughs) I think you're right Uh, she's such a an absolutely brilliant uh, choice um, for a a second guest is I mean is she someone who's kind of influenced, like her style, um, and her her attitude, her performance skills? Like as a performer yourself, is she someone who you think has influenced the way that you work and the way you think about your work? Or absolutely, absolutely. I think I think in terms of like sometimes her facial expressions just make the scene, and you don't really need to, you know. that the the scene might be a very simple scene where, you know, she's just making chocolate chip cookies wrong. You know, she gets a job at a chocolate chip cookie factory and Mm -hmm. not as good as the girl beside her, you know, the end. Like, it it doesn't seem like you could do anything with that, but she makes a five-minute scene. Now, obviously, also because the scenes are longer, they got more time in the 50s. They're not under so much pressure, like TikTok style, get the the first 10 seconds or someone scrolled by. I mean, they had more time to like ease in and be like, just watch this chick. She's funny. But, you know, her facial expressions just do the work. And I guess that always made me think like, especially in improv, sometimes if you just pick a character and you lean into the character, you don't necessarily have to come up with something funny. There's no pressure on you to like, quick, um, add a a funny line that you have, you better make up right now. You know, it's just like, if you, if you think of something in this character, it'll just come out. And, and to be able to just go really extreme on facial expressions or the the physicality of a, of a character Mm -hmm. frees you up to, to not have to be yourself thinking of something funny that the character, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so I think I think yes is the short answer, and that took <laughs> no, good I'm couple minutes to far say. More interested in the long answer. <laughs> oh um, well, good. Well, Lucia Ball, such a terrific second guest. Uh, oh, thank you. Guest okay. number three is just ah, uh, oh, you've knocked it out of the park with your choices. <laughs> such an inspired choice for guest number three. I think he'd be equal parts fascinating. And mm-hmm. fucking terrifying to have at a <laughs> dinner party. But he's someone that you would absolutely want there. You're inviting master illusionist Darren Brown. Yeah. 
Oh my yeah. God. Brilliant yeah. choice. Why Darren Brown? Well, I mean, I think because, do you know why? My initial list was, first of all, it was like 20 people long and I was like, oh, I don't know. Because I, do you know what? I'm not actually a very good fan. I know I sound like I'm a, ma- I'm a massive fan of Lucille Ball. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't tend to be a very good fan girl. Like I love Wes Anderson. Um, I'll come out of a Wes Anderson film and be like, wow, that was so great. But then someone will be like, did you see Blah that he did last year? And I'll be like, nope. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I think I'm quite a rubbish like person at keeping up with people that I, you know, yeah. so I, so when I've listened to your fantastic episodes, like with Milo and 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 Suze and and Tiernan, and and they really have people who, um, like Suze and her knowledge of Freddie Mercury, that I thought yeah, like wow, I'm not, I don't have this fandom necessarily about um about about people. Yeah. So all the people that I had written down was just like loads of people who I love, and so I couldn't whittle it down. And I was like, okay, everybody that I loved was like, you know. Tina Fey, Judd Apatow, Leslie Mann, Melissa McCarthy, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, like they're all the same. So I was like, no, 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 hang on. We need to get somebody who's not in the arts, but who's in the arts in a different way. And who, and then I remembered that I'd been to see Darren Brown um, live and that it blew my tiny. Oh my God. I had the exact same experience. I went to see him live and yeah, I, I don't know if you have this thing where if you watch too much Darren Brown, I, I go through phases with people. So I'm in a real like I'm in a real Bill Hader space at the minute where I just have to watch as much Bill Hader as I can possibly consume. But I've been through it with Darren Brown and I genuinely got it into my head that somehow I was a subject of a Darren Brown show and everything that was happening around me, I was like, Oh, of course this is happening. <laughs> um, he just he has this ability to get into your head. Even if you're not a subject of his show and hey, it could just be a very long experiment that two years in, he's still not revealed himself to me. But yeah, maybe yeah, I'm yeah. just not a Darren subject. It could, it could, honest <laughs> God, it could be. We're both going to end up on the Channel 4 show. Just... <laughs> Is there a particular kind of uh, Darren Brown show or illusion that you you just love that you kind of come back to and you're like, what the fuck? I think... I mean, every every time he does things that are like, you know, he had somebody levitating. Like, I'm just like, wait, I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there was, so I, you know, the way I, um, I you were saying I had this radio show. Well, I had this radio show in, in, in the Irish language, which is actually the only reason I was given a radio show, because I was making <laughs> copies at a radio station. And then the girl who did the Irish language show was going off on a, on a world tour. And uh, I heard overheard oh, wow. the manager telling somebody, like, I'm going to have to find somebody who speaks fluent Irish who's going to do this radio show. Um, and I popped my head in like, oh, dear Gwich Makara. <laughs> 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 And he was like, "Go feck off, you gobshite! Go make my tea properly." No, he was really nice, but but um, that's how I wrangled my way into getting this uh, radio show, which was Osquelga. So we were contacted by this magician uh, who was. They were saying like he's going to be Darren Brown, but in the Irish language, um, and we need you guys to just be passers-by on the street because in Ireland, as you know, not everybody speaks <laughs> Irish. Um, And so when they're doing the like stopping people on the street to like, you know, uh, to get 
them to have magic done on them they'd be like oh, oh um wow. come on, let's go, come on, let's go. people would be like pardon pardon <laughs> go, 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 let's go. excuse me in the irish language and um uh, so they had to arrange for passersby who were fluent in irish to walk by <laughs> now also i am not fluent i am dublin irish fluent which is a kind of spin 1038 which is like their radio station their irish where it's like every second word is in english and it's it's all kind of like a, a relaxed kind of a thing so yeah yeah um but yeah so they stay we, we were walking by they stop us and this guy does this amazing magic trick where he gets one of the girls to think of something out of her head and she says motorbike and then he walks down and he picks up a cloth and he drops it and the motorbike is there now I was there. I was there. So I'm like, I'm still, this is like so many years ago. And I'm still like, but I didn't hear them. But a motorbike. What if she had said horse? What if, (laughs) where did the mic, I didn't hear it coming. Where did the motorbike? So I'm still so baffled. And I, by just his magic and he, and Darren Brown is on a whole nother level. And I mean, I'm just like, I would love, I don't want to make the man work on his night off at the party but I'm also like I'm sorry you're please please do us something because and then just can you are you allowed to talk us through it because he just he has this way of also being like look none of what I do is magic okay yeah. but then he to do some magic yeah so I was he, not magic it's it's weird yeah he, he t- the way he talks about it is so interesting like he is up front uh, I think back to he he did some of that really interesting stuff where he kind of revealed how these sort of crazy Christian preachers who claim to heal the sick and oh, fix I've blindness and all that stuff. Yes. And he kind of did a bit of an expose into their methods. And in one of his stage shows, he kept saying to the audience, this isn't real. I can't heal you but I'm going to do exactly what they do. And he he approached this woman who had to wear glasses, reading glasses. And like he, you know, she took her glasses off. He asked her to read something in the program. She absolutely couldn't see it. He did his little kind of bit of mumbo jumbo. And then she was able to read. And it wasn't a plant or anything. It was in a big theater of like 2000 people. They had to volunteer themselves for it, whatever. So... He's doing something and it's yeah. it's clearly just like a mind trick or whatever. So the the depth of understanding of human psychology that he must have is staggering. Absolutely staggering. I'm really interested. You, you mentioned where, you know, the guy that you saw produce this motorbike could have been a horse, could have been whatever else. Do you mm. think with Darren Brown, you would want to understand his methods or is it enough to just enjoy what he does yeah I think you're right there could be an element there if this is what you're saying of like it it would take away the enjoyment if you knew that it was actually just xyz or you know you might appreciate it on a totally different level but I I part of the the fun of it for me is the kind of how in the world did he do that um and I love the it's not even like I can make an educated guess. I could never say, oh, well, he put a chip in her ear and that fixed her eyes or something. Like, I can just never understand, never begin to understand it. But then I think if I did understand it and if you had him there at your dinner party and you asked him, 
you'd appreciate it in a whole different way, perhaps. But do you think you would lean toward one thing or the other? Well, I think actually, if it is really what he has is, as you said, such a in-depth understanding of the human psyche like if he if it really is that he understands how people are thinking from just looking at them and whatever then maybe I would love for him to 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 tell me more then I'd love to know that that's more about that I don't know I, I think there's something really powerful about um your your thoughts and and I'd love to know to be able to understand my thoughts more because I you know it's funny, I, I I ran into a friend of mine recently who I hadn't seen in years and he reminded me of this one time that we bumped into a friend of his and he introduced me to him and I said, hello, handsome man. And he said, <laughs> hello, average looking woman. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. And I went, yeah. and I had entirely forgotten the story, right? So because apparently... So my friend Michael's like, yeah. And then you just said, oh, no, you're an asshole. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and then you walked away. And I was like, I can't remember this. And then I suddenly remembered. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And and he said, "My, I can't believe that you can't remember. He was like, my poor friend was in tears. He was because you'd walked away and he just he just started like shaking. And he was like. I didn't know what to say. I didn't want to be flirty and say like, hello, attractive woman. I, I didn't want to say like, ah, <laughs> just hi. So then I thought I'd make a joke. and But it was clearly like the worst possible thing I could ever have done. And, and why would I say that? And I, I feel so terrible. And he was like, he said that he just cried so hard and then had to go home. And oh I was just gosh. like, and I had totally forgotten about it. And I just thought, it's so funny because I think. But also, I think that 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 was such a water off a duck's back for that day, obviously for me, because I didn't read it as this is confirming that I am, in fact, an average looking woman. (laughs) Obviously, whatever mood I was in, I was like, oh, no, he's an asshole, as opposed to thinking, because I think that the psychology that you could be in, the mood you could be in, where if you thought to yourself, I look like garbage today, and then you went out and somebody said that, then maybe you'd remember that for years. As like, yeah. proof, you know, but if, if, but if you're not even thinking of that, then you just forget about the incident and you don't, and, and he wasn't even calling me, he was panicked himself and, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's something that now he remembers as this awful thing. And I just think that is so interesting. And like, if I, we could all understand our psychology so much better and like as in-depth as Darren Brown, maybe we would be like this super human maybe we would all be like crazy machines who like to totally understand everything and would never get upset or yeah. like whoa oh my god i don't know how i would feel if everyone in the world had darren brown's abilities and depth of understanding i think yeah, actually the maybe world's we'd... already a scary place to be yeah, in i'm not true. sure if everyone was darren brown if that would help that's true. <laughs> That's true. That's like, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I read something about him where he he says he's able to, and I quote here, read subtle cues such as micro muscle movements that indicate if someone is lying. Like, to be able to, like, the way that maybe your eye might kind of imperceptibly twitch, or the way you move your hand, or the direction you look in, or if you lick your lips slightly or swallow, whatever it is you do. He's he's basically like a human lie detector as well. I mean, wow. it, it it can't be overstated what a fascinating 
fascinating perspective he has and and now i would love to just uh, just be like am i lying am i lying like (laughs) morning i had toast and just be like boom 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 this morning i had toast did i did (laughs) everyone else at the dinner party be like oh my god let's move on (laughs) not only would he know you had toast he'd probably like reach into his bag and pull out the piece of toast that you'd had that morning and be like (laughs) ta-da And then he tells me to put my hand in my pocket and I pull it. Yeah, I'm like, oh, how did you do it? <laughs> his, his work is this really fascinating mix as well between kind of really light stuff and then some really like dark stuff. I mean, mm. famously, like playing Russian roulette live on TV and uh, hosting yes, a seance yes. on TV and stuff like that. Holy shit, yeah. It's dark stuff. Crazy. I mean, are you particularly drawn to like one side over the other? Because some of his light stuff is really lovely. Like, he taught an old woman who'd never played poker before. Uh, in seven days, he taught her how to play poker. She competed at a major poker tournament and came second. Oh, my God. Uh, and, you know, like predicting the lottery numbers. Like, that's lighthearted. But then also yeah. convincing someone. Like, I saw one of his bits where he staged a car crash uh, and found a body double for this woman, uh, <gasps> put her to sleep. And when she woke up, she was looking at the fire brigade cutting open her car with her dead body at the wheel. Like, I mean, some fucked up stuff. Like, do, are you particularly drawn to kind of one side of his work over another? Or do you think that the, the variety Absolutely. of his work is... I'm not interested in that stuff whatsoever. Oh, no. No, thank you. I don't want... <laughs> no. no. No trauma. No. That... Oh, my, no, thank you. I'm like, the Russian roulette... I forgot about that because I remember watching like a half a bit of it on TV like years ago. And I was yeah. like, nah, I'm not this isn't the kind of thing I'm into because I'm, I, I don't like where it's like one option is shot bullet through head death. And one option is just not, I prefer like one option is like this person can cartwheel. that could never cartwheel. <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's what I'm into. Um, I only happy go lucky stuff. Thank you very much. I mean, he could do some faith healing if he wants. And if anybody has an injury at the table and he can sort that out, he <laughs> But I will have no trauma, thank you. Definitely, we're sticking to the lighter side of Darren Brown's work. Well, yes, we're like keeping keeping on yeah. that kind of light side of life. Your fourth guest is a supremely funny person, and like you, he's an actor. He's a sketch comedy performer. He's just he's one of the most beloved comic actors in the world. You're inviting Steve Carell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Steve yeah. Carell, he's such oh. a legend. Why? I mean, when did you become a Steve Carell fan and what is it about him that you love? I think I, I, I love, I think his favorite character of mine actually is Gru. Uh, Gru, oh, yeah. he's amazing. Oh, like I, oh my God, he, I love him so much. And obviously Edna Mode, no capes. Um, Despicable Me is one of my fave films. I just think he Oh, Steve Carell, man. He when I saw him in the Big Short, I was like, "Is he in the Big Short, or is it what's it called?" Yeah, it is uh, yeah, yeah, the Big Short. Yeah, yeah. When I saw him in that, and I was like, "Whoa, this guy's breaking my heart!" Like he's such a good actor, mm. and, and he makes me laugh so much. An anchor man. I, I mean, and he makes me laugh, and he's here. And the Office. I mean, he he's just such a brilliant actor. And I listened to that um that podcast called the um an oral history of the office um, oh, right. okay. by the guy who played Kevin um, <laughs> and he's just so funny and lovely and has this magnificent booming deep voice yeah. and um, he, he 
they they were talking about the episode where Steve left. And um, they did this whole episode where they interviewed the main the main people on the show about having left and some of the, the writers and the producers. And everybody, it was making me cry. As, like that the podcast was making me cry. Like what? <laughs> but I obviously have watched all of The Office and twice maybe even. Like every episode. I just, yeah. it's such a brilliant, brilliant show. And I was very upset when he was leaving and I, I, because he's just so, oh, he's just got this amazing quality to him. And he was everything that everybody said on the podcast about him. It's just like, what a nice guy, what a fun, lovely person to work with, like inclusive man and, and just such a brilliant actor. And, and, you know, I even years ago before I was preparing my audition for say central, I was like looking up actors auditions like how do I audition now I don't know um, so I, like, up and um, um, I don't know who I was supposed to be there looking up and I, I saw him do an audition where he was just like oh, he was on the script and and then they were like why don't you improvise a bit and he throws away the script and he's oh, and I just thought wow that guy is yeah and also lovely and I, I would love to know how he treats because Lucille Ball also good a good you know um, serious actor, and I'd love to know from both of them, do you treat comedy performances and serious performances in the same way? Um, yeah, I it's, think it's such they, a fascinating thing. I love to talk about comedy with people. It's it's one of my favorite things in the world, and I think people who don't understand comedy think that comedic acting and comedy performance is so much easier than dramatic performance yeah Uh, and it's just not the case you speak to any actor you speak to any writer (laughs) writing comedy twice as hard as writing something serious comedic acting twice as hard but Mm. it's not to say that every comedian is capable of, of performing phenomenally touching and sincere and and hard hitting dramatic roles but he is uniquely brilliant at both. I mean, his performance in Little Miss Sunshine was the first time I'd ever seen him wow, perform yeah. a, a kind of dramatic role. Uh, a character who I, I think his character like just attempted suicide or something like dark stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yes. And he performs it with such tenderness. Mm. Uh, I mean, he's, he's just amazing. Just an amazing, amazing man. Um. Yeah, I mean, what what qualities do you think he'd be bringing to your dinner party? I think uh, he'd be just a bit of a laugh. I, I just think yeah. he would be good crack. I feel like Graham Norton and himself and Lucille Ball would just be laughing all over the place. And that Darren Brown would be showing us some cool stuff. And then we'd all be laughing. And then we'd all be telling stories. And then we'd probably have a big accent off because all of us do accents. And that'd be great crack. <laughs> just, oh my God, I'm getting so excited. It would just be so fun. <laughs> That's what I think. I think he'd be fun. You know, I remember... I remember thinking at, at my audition for for Central that if if they locked the doors in here for some reason and there was a paracut, this would be so fun. Like we'd all have to entertain ourselves for weeks and everyone, there's probably so much talent in this building and loads of people would just like whip out instruments and there'd be a sing song. Okay, I seem, I seem obsessed with sing song. But sometimes I think like, you know, that's what would be so fun. Like if we were all trapped on the Caribbean island forever, like it'd still be real fun. Or like... <laughs> You know when you're on a tube carriage and somebody gets on with a guitar and you think, thank God, if this tube stops for ages, I'm just going to ask him to play. Like, I'm just going to. Yeah. 
shower and you'll be like, hey, dude, some people are getting kind of claustrophobic, a little bit panicky. It's kind of hot in here. You want to take that shit out? Just play it. Whatever you want to play, just play it. <laughs> and then we can sing along. It'd be nice to do it. I, sorry. So I've gone off on one, but I just <laughs> <laughs> we would have the crack as the quality he would bring would be lulls absolutely he would be bringing the crack in, in a huge huge way uh, is there something specific like an aspect of his work or his personal life or anything that you would really want to kind of grill him on i mean his time in the office or or you mentioned his kind of more dramatic roles like i think he's been nominated for if not an oscar certainly a golden globe for some of his dramatic acting i think in foxcatcher wow. um well i mean i think i think what i would want to ask him is is about how he he said in an interview that he in that podcast interview actually he said that he left the office just when it was really good and when he was getting comfortable and he left second city just when it was really good and he left his uh, the daily show just when it was really good mm -hmm. and so he he has this kind of thing where he's like maybe it's fear maybe i don't want to I don't want this thing to go. So I elect to leave instead because I love it so much. Or maybe it's just knowing that I've done everything I can here. I've got the absolute best out of it and I'm leaving while it's the best. And I, I would like to hear him talk about that because I would like a little bit of that. Yeah. I'd like to practice that. I think sometimes you can just get wise nuggets from people and they just sit with you and it's nice. Like, mm -hmm. like Brian Cranston has this lovely nugget where he's like, where he's like, you know, if you get to audition, you get to be that person for as long as you are that person and then you can throw the script in the bin afterwards like that was nice and then you know if you get the recall cool you can fish the thing out of the bin or you can print it again you, you know what I mean yeah. it, it, and I think about those things and and like like this wallet thing I can't remember who said it but it was like like if you find a wallet on the street you're not like my wallet you hand it in and if the person's like oh no one has come back for weeks you can have this wallet like if you treat acting parts like that then it's like I picked up that wallet. It was nice to hold while I handed it into the police. And if nobody hands it in, then the police give it back to me. I guess it's my wallet. And if, but you, you know, but it's not, yeah. I don't know. It's lovely. I, sometimes you get these little nuggets and sometimes you can use the nuggets where you want and they're lovely. And I think he would have a lovely little nugget about, about when it's time to leave a party and that party is work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think you're absolutely would, right. Yeah, be wise. He would be, he'd be a perfect mix of, I'm sure, fascinating, very wise, and also absolutely hilarious. Mm. Uh, a great, great choice, Steve Carell. Your final guest is taking the dinner party into proper dream territory here. Mm -hmm. Listener, if you thought Darren Brown was the only one with the trick up his sleeve at this <laughs> dinner party, you were way off. Because <laughs> Philippa is inviting... Professor Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore to her yes. dinner party. Old name. Philippa yeah. Dumbledore. <laughs> so fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Dumbledore. <laughs> That's almost explanation That's all, enough. Oh, I need to. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was all very real. It was all very real until I remembered, like, wait, you can bring people back from the dead. I mean, I brought Lucia back from the dead. So if I could, yes. can I bring magic? I could. I, <laughs> yeah, because I, if, I could, if I'm thinking in terms of like a real dinner that could maybe happen now in some magical uh, happenstance of like Graham Norton, Darren Brown, and Steve Carell, well, wouldn't that be awesome? But this is my magic ideal dinner, and I am happy. <laughs> because. 
Dumbledore. I mean, the wise words that he says. Oh. Oh. And he would also be good crack, I think. I mean, oh, yeah. a long and eventful life. But mm-hmm. also, he'll have had some fun. Like, there'd be mischief at Hogwarts that he'd love oh, to yeah. share. Oh, what have- would you be hoping he'd bring to it? Would, do you want to hear those stories? Do you think he would do a little after-dinner magic routine with Darren Brown? Like, what are you hoping that Dumbledore would bring? Oh, I think, I think again, with the wisdom, D- Dumbledore would bring some of that. Because I think that there is these he has these wonderful things like like even things like oh but to the to the oh i can't oh, remember oh yeah to the well to the organized mind the organized mind that's it yeah but the next great, great adventure, adventure. Brilliant and mind, yeah. i just think whether you're a wizard or you're a 12 year old girl that's a lovely thing to think and to and to know and and i think yeah i think he would just bring I I just he's Dumbledore. I can't I even. When I, I, when did you first become a Dumbledore fan? I mean, did you come to the books kind of a bit later, or were they such a, a big part of your childhood? They were a massive part of my childhood. I I am not a big reader, as I said. Again, the writing is would be the tougher area. So the reading is the tougher area for me. As as as. Mm-hmm. Generally, I listen to everything. I'm a very aural learner. And uh, so I was going on holidays when I was maybe eight. And that's when uh, my mom gave me the the books on tape. And I got this massive box of cassettes and I would put them in my, my little cassette player. And um, I, I just was absolutely in love with it from that moment on. And then, you know... I listen to Harry Potter every night now when I'm going to sleep. Like with oh, my oh, brilliant! With painful ears, sometimes with my headphones, like oh, I <laughs> but I have to. It just calms me so much. And and it's funny when I find different pals of mine that also listen to Harry Potter like on the regular, just like from the top. Let's do it again. Let's cycle through them all. And I, I there's just something I think that's really like oh, there. I don't know. Harry Potter means a different thing to everybody. Again, yeah. I. Okay, would just stop ruining things. Know, Great. Just I please, know. guys. It's, no. It's very important for the listener to understand that you're inviting Dumbledore, not J.K. Rowling. <laughs> How do you think Dumbledore would interact with your other guests? Because he's just such a lovely man. Yeah. As well. Yeah. God, he is just such a lovely man, and his twinkly eyes. I think he would just. <laughs> I just love him so much. I think he would just be really interested. In in everyone, yeah, I think he would, and I think I mean speaking of of faith healing from Darren Brown, you could just get magic healing from from Dumbledore <laughs> if you had any actual problems, guys. Like, what was I talking about? Darren can maybe fix you, but Dumbles can defo fix you. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think oh, I just feel like imagine Dumbledore and Graham Norton, like they would just get on so well, and like Dumbledore and oh, Darren Brown. Would like discussing different types of magic real and not real and <laughs> and it, it would just be yeah i just think it would be oh, lovely it would just be a a dreamy mm-hmm. presence to have i really love trying to figure out the the kind of common thread that goes through everybody's guests and i think you've chosen loads of kind of multi-talented and really interesting people uh which i think is kind of a reflection of you as well what for you 
we're gonna need like a pain to deflate my massive head now just, i'm gonna go upstairs and be buttering my toast like oh i better this toast real good <laughs> for you what do you think would be the kind of the common thread that that ties all of your guests together do you think there is one i think that i think it's they're all really kind people. And I think that that mm. my mom recently, in the last couple of years, she saw this this thing. I can't remember what it was, but it was, maybe it was like a feckin' meme or something that said like, that this person <laughs> on their deathbed said, what's the most important thing you would say to your past self or to, to anybody now? And he just said, be kind. And I think it's mm-hmm. just, so she says that to me all the time. I just think it's really nice. and And I think a lot of the time, uh, we can all just forget and just oh feck's sake you know oh it's so funny like I was driving along with my cousin recently and this person caught in front of us in the car and both me and my cousin at the exact same time were like oh hey hey what a terrible <laughs> drive oh my god and the minute they got in front they put the four-way flashers on as the thank you and at the exact same time myself and my cousin were like ah oh, jeez well that's lovely now what the hell that's and we both raised our hand to wave like, ah, well, fair play to him. That was, I did, was, that's nice. Uh, he must be in a rush. And I, I do think like sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes, especially, especially in the arts and when there's a pandemic and everybody's going to be fucking stressed out of their minds. And, and, and if we're all, if everybody was just like Dumbledore style, like kind to each other it would just be nicer and easier and lovely and I think it's something I would like to try and remember more to just be like oh just you know oh I think that's that's a really wonderful reason to invite him uh and I mean just in summary your your guests are just so so brilliant Graham Norton Lucille Ball Darren Brown Steve Carell Albus Dumbledore in the wilds of Kerry or on a lovely Caribbean beach, wherever yeah. you've got them all together. That is a kick-ass dinner party. The only thing left to decide now, Philippa, is what you would feed these wonderful people. Mm. Are you an enthusiastic No. Cook? I'm going to go right out there and say <laughs> that I have been in very nice restaurants before where I've been like, but I, I just, I would have also liked Domino's just as I have I have what I my parents like to call an underdeveloped palate. <laughs> I love ketchup and mayonnaise mixed together with Tabasco in it, okay? And I don't care. Who knows it? Um it's terrible, terrible. Um but I mean I can cook when necessity happens. But just these please have our own chef, which is Will. Um Will is the glue of the group in terms of he brought us all together and he also is the team chef. Um which is fantastic so whenever we do shoots and we have loads of people um or whenever we're just you know in edinburgh and we're coming home and he'll just whip something up in an instant that is delicious and he you know half of us are vegetarian half of us aren't vegetarian so he'll do both and like marinate chicken and and cook fish and i mean for god's sake so i you know Will could be the chef, maybe, or 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 he could teach. Oh, me I think something. we can definitely arrange for Will yeah. to be there as yeah. the chef. I think we'll allow be good. that. If we're allowing Dumbledore <laughs> to attend the party, then there's no reason why we can't dream big uh, yeah, and have yeah. Will there as the chef. So, what are you having your your get your special chef cook up for your guests? If you could choose any meal for these people, ooh, well, I I guess yeah, I would before have been like a big 
back in lasagna. Um, but yes. but now I'm like, I don't know where these guys' veggies are. They are, I don't know any of their dietary requirements. So there's actually, William <laughs> makes a delicious vegan lasagna that sounds absolutely horrifying to my past self, especially because I would have been like, <laughs> but the point is the cheese and the cream and the meat. But he makes it with cashew cream. I mean, mm. It's it's all sorts of delicious Ooh. roasty veg, Ooh. Ooh. yeah. So so he could make a vegetarian lasagna, and then if there's somebody there that's a vegan, churches, he can whip that up for them. But I I doubt that uh, that bunch of I would say that Dumbledore is a meat eater. I reckon, yeah, yes. he probably goes out and magics a deer to death, and then roasts it up and just eats it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he eats meat. Hundy pussy, hundy pussy, hundy pussy is what I was going to say. Um, yeah. So that, that's what we're going Brilliant. for, big lasagna and then Nutella for dessert. Like just Nutella on whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> that is just it's excellent. Everybody gets a jar and a yes, spoon. Yes, everyone gets a jar and a spoon and then the table is littered with like hot things to put it on. So you can like have a hot bagel to put it on or you can have a hot pancake to put it on or you can like dip these cookies in it or you can, <laughs> it's all again i am not i'm not mature i would love to love my mom eats 100 chocolate 100 yeah it's, that sounds like punishment I, I know i know you put it in your mouth and it's like but it it actually when you have a tiny amount and it swills around in your spit in your mouth i mean it does make a for a insanely amazing flavor but um, she's like, oh dude, God. just try and get to like like healthier stuff, and then if you like it, it's amazing. And I'm like, I know, but I just love Nutella, like just pooping <laughs> it into my greedy mouth. It's terrible. I had no, I had no Nutella throughout a large portion of lockdown. I was extremely proud of myself. Um, oh my yeah. God. And then I had maybe two drinks too many the other day and I was just like to the shop and I bought Nutella and I've already <laughs> <half the drive. laughs> it's my vice I think that is that is a and it goes in with what you were saying earlier about kind of loving the the kind of cozy vibe and mm, exactly. good chat good conversation a bit of comfort food it doesn't yeah. get much better than lasagna yeah and just a jar of Nutella to dip things in yeah and, and Irish, oh, coffee. Irish coffees for dessert like loads of whiskey generally you can have wine oh, if you yes. like, but it, I think the whiskey theme is strong here. I think each and every one of your guests would really appreciate I can picture every one of them with a good glass of whiskey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite? A favorite guest or a favorite? A, a favorite whiskey. I would never ask you to choose a favorite oh, thank guest because they're all fabulous choosing people. Choosing between my children, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine I birthed all those people. <laughs> What's the common thread between them? I I'm their, their mother. mother. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a shocking revelation. Oh my God. I, I, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you could choose one whiskey, uh, an endless supply of it that mm, night. I'm not. I'm not actually even um what's like whiskey wise like I'm I'm very much oh. like again Will knows things about about whiskey so so um I as I said he lives we live here and t t together I should say and he has uh, a load of whiskey up there tasty things Glen Fittich and then there's Jameson and then there's um what's mm. it barrel barrel smoked barrel if it's smoky oh, and it's lovely. preferably Irish Bushmills I'll go with the Bushmills. 
Yeah. Red bush, bush mills. I mean, that's the kind of thing that like my my dad would have that and be like, yeah, that's great. And I'll tell you why that's great. And then he'll tell you a really great story or he'll tell you about the flight of the earls or something while he has that on. He's <laughs> a great crack. It all comes from, do you know what? Actually, I think the thread of my, my guess is more maybe fun than kindness and that the fun the fun is where it's at. I, I just, yeah. Cause I think, I just think my dad uh-huh. there with a the whiskey and he's just fun. And like, that's why I just, yeah. <laughs> fun and kind yeah. uh, are two damn fine qualities in a group of guests for dinner mm. party. Philippa, I have loved this chat. I've loved hearing about your dinner party. I've loved hearing about your guests. Uh, if our lovely listeners want to hear more from you mm-hmm. and see more brilliant things from just these, please, and that kind of thing, how can we keep up with Philippa Carson? Oh, well, thanks. That would be nice if you want to do that. Um, I'm, I'm, at, I'm on Instagram at pip underscore Carson. Um, uh, and mostly I would say I update that stuff every now and then. If you want to join the loads of men in my DMs that say, hello, beautiful princess queen um will you be mine today and then three roses you can also do that um <laughs> i get a lot of that a film that i was in a wow. film that i was in was released in a, a few languages so sometimes i get them in different languages but um i it, it, i do get some very um peculiar um things but also because i don't really know how to market myself i guess on on you know the way you have to like be your own like uh what's the word like a product yeah. i don't really know and then i lived with a um a, like a social media person for a while so she was like yeah it's all selfies you just gotta take picture of yourself where you look great and put that picture of yourself on the internet um oh my so god I, so i don't know but I, I i keep that instagram going <laughs> but mostly um are just these please um which is just these please like what you buy um when you say when you buy things um we 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 do a lot of stuff on youtube and facebook and tiktok and twitter and instagram and so just these please is our name on all those things so you can follow us there and be one of the preteens we have many preteens so i have old strange men (laughs) and just these please has preteens Yeah. There's got to be a market somewhere on, in the middle guys. that you guys can find. Yeah. Any people between those ages, you guys, please be my friend. <laughs> well, I will add all of those links to your social media and to Just These Please YouTube channel and all the rest of it to the episode description. I cannot recommend highly enough that you go on and spend a lovely afternoon or morning just looking at all the different videos. They're so oh, much fun. Thank you, Philippa, Connie. it's been such a pleasure yeah, chatting you to you too. for this. Thank you so, so Thanks. much for taking the time and hope to speak to you again all right, soon. Bye. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. bye. How about that? Philippa Carson's dream dinner party. That was an absolute belter. Great guests. And Philippa was just so much fun to talk to. Make sure you're subscribing to the YouTube channel for just these, please. And check out Philippa on all the socials. Links to those accounts are on the episode description. Also in the episode description are links to the two brilliant podcasts we mentioned. The last 10 minutes from Philippa's Just These Please cast, May It Will, and the brilliant Sean Matthews. And Philippa mentioned the wonderful Jarleth Regan. You can find a link to Jarleth's excellent podcasts in the episode description. I really hope you're enjoying the podcast, even a tiny amount, as much as I am because I am loving making this. I'd love it so much if you would like, subscribe, rate, share, all that stuff. Anything you can do to help us spread the word about the brilliant episodes we've recorded so far would be so kind. And we've got some 
excellent guests lined up over the next few weeks. I really am so excited for you to hear those episodes. The Dinner Party is a Jericho comedy production. If you want to hear any more from me, you can visit www.connormcreynolds.com and have a look and listen to some of my other radio, podcast, writing and comedy work. I'll be back next week with another brilliant guest chatting all about their dream dinner party. But until then, thank you so much for listening and bye-bye. (laughs) 